Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, this is episode 131. 131, 131. 131. Welcome, John. Welcome me. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back. This is the second episode of recording tonight because we are right now, as we speak, in California. In California! Can't you see? Like, we're, we're surfing out there. We've got the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. I've got, like, you know, the uh, the sunscreen slathered on just my nose. Yep. yep. Which I never understood. Nope. I just jumped over a shark on a surfboard, like the Fonz. That was incredible. Yeah, I know. You Wasn't totally it? jumped the shark, the shark totally there, Totally jumped the shark. Totally jumped the shark. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> no. Oh. So, here's... here's so... The phrase, I, I take it. This is the way I take it. So I may be completely wrong, Chris. So to correct me if I'm wrong. I take the phrase, they jumped the shark, as in they basically uh, took all believability and threw it out the window. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. I was being facetious. I know what jump the shark means. Okay. So, so I, I, I've used the phrase before, but I didn't. I officially didn't uh, yeah, know so, what, so, it, what so, it means. So basically, you know, they... Um, they made the sh- Fonz jump the shark, and it's basically like this show has just gone so far off the rails that you're, I'm going to just stop watching because it's just ridiculous now. And so, like, if you jump the shark, you know, it'd be like, you know, all of a sudden you're watching Sherlock, and Sherlock starts flying because he now has superpowers. You know, that would be jumping, jumping the shark, jumping the shark, <laughs> the Fonz, the Fonz, uh, launching and, and jumping over a shark. <laughs> Is jumping the shark. Uh, I, I like it. I like yeah. it. No, that's how I've always used it before, but I, I've never had it laid out for me quite mm. so succinctly. <laughs> so everyone out there who's listening to this, that is the phrase of the week. Oh. So you have to at least use that once per day for the next seven days. Every day? I don't even think I could pull that off. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to like just be looking for someone to do something ridiculous. Like, Jump <laughs> the shark! <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get like lunch and you're like, man, they really jumped the shark with these mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> these are not that good. <laughs> they said they were fully loaded. I can count at least three ingredients that are missing. Jump the shark on that one. Uh, yeah. So it, maybe, okay. So I'll, I'll back up at least once in the next seven days. You have to use it once. Man, they put collard greens on this sandwich. Totally jump the shark. <laughs> totally. Jump the shark on that one. Oh, the stoplight jumped the shark. I don't know how a stoplight jumped I, I the shark. I don't either. I'm just trying to come up with situations. If, that- the, if the stoplight, all of a sudden there was a, uh, a, a fourth color, color purple, <laughs> that would be jumping the shark as a stoplight. A, uh, a rocket launcher pops out and immediately rockets people who blow the, who blow the stoplight. That's just... <laughs> It's really hardcore. I do I do question sometimes as you're driving, you know, like it will say something like traffic, um, traffic, what, is it, what, what does it say? How is it worded? Like traffic rules um, enforced by air. And oh, like, yeah, yeah, what? yeah. Are you, like is there an attack <laughs> helicopter on the other side of this ridge? Well, like, yeah, it's I think it's like by, by missile uh, me? what is it? the weirdest one I've seen was uh, it's it was by air and laser, and yep. I was like, okay, so there are they flying around in helicopters with lasers, just lasering people? Like, I'm, maybe if we were in space, okay, like <laughs> the speed limits enforced by lasers. Okay, cool. I understand. Sure. You know, sure, <laughs> we're in space. Anything can happen with lasers. No, in see, space. I, I realize what they mean though, because like, aren't all uh, like whenever you're like being um, the speedometer, like whenever not a speedometer, no. what, what do you call you the, 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 the the radar gun? The radar guns. Yeah, it's no, all, it's not a laser. Is it not? 
laser no, like technology? No, you wouldn't call that a laser. It's a radar gun. Well, then how is it's it like laser red radar? Laser technology. Hmm. Anyway. I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I feel like that's dangerous. You're shooting lasers at people. But even saying by air, I think is like. Yeah. What, what are you? In, what are you even discussing right now? What are the? <laughs> What are, the, what are the parameters of this of this air engagement, and this air campaign you're waging against the drivers? And if you ever this. wanted to give uh, conspiracy theorists who are already paranoid about something, you know, about being taken taken out by uh, by air, then just put a sign up and tell you know tell them that you're watching them from oh, yeah. the air. Yeah, I mean. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it's like it, it just adds adds fuel to the to the fire. As it were, Chris, where what are we talking about this episode? I watched the movie Red again the other day, and mm-hmm. uh, John Malkovich's ah, character yes. is uh, very paranoid of the government, and he uh, believes that satellites are watching him twenty four seven. And as it turns out, he's right. Yeah, I was about to say they I were think, watching. I, I want to say that they were. Yeah, uh, I actually that movie was decent. That movie was oh, yeah. good. I like that red movie. Was good. The Red yeah. Two was just kind of like a. I was there was like, a Red Two. There was a Red this Two. Goes to show you probably how good it was. Well, like you know, it, I mean, it's based on a DC Comics uh, graphic novel. Right, I series. knew that, but I just and thought it was a one shot. No, I mean, like the second one, like it's another one of those kind of things where it's like you know, National Treasure Two. It's like, well, this is basically the same thing again, but like, it's just some different. <laughs> Different situations. You mean every sequel, well, except for the Star Wars trilogy? Yeah, I mean, yes, basically every sequel. No, I mean, you know what I mean. It's like very, very so close to the original that it's like this is not unique enough for me to like it on its own. Yes, kind of thing. And uh, and so you know, it's kind of like horrible bosses too. Same way, you know. Very true. I'll, you know that kind of stuff. Very true. Speaking of Star Wars, our weekly Star Wars moment has arrived. Chris. John, we forgot to do that last week. We will go back and we will put it in. Oh man! Speaking of the fact that we are recording this all in one night, <laughs> we can do such things. We can travel in time and so, go back in time and insert this in a week from whenever they uh they people originally heard it. So last week was my turn and I and I uh, I gave a doozy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a, it was pretty awesome. Of a Star Wars moment. Pretty so what's what's amazing. your Star Wars okay, moment this week? So John? obviously because it uh, happens in a sequel or it happens in a uh, in the the middle movie of uh the trilogy. It's probably the most mind-bending uh cinematic moment that I've ever experienced oh, in my life. Oh. And that is whenever uh, Darth Vader reveals to Luke Skywalker at yes. the end of the movie, yes. and this is spoilers for that movie if you haven't seen it, that he is, in fact, Luke's father. That's true. Um, and the reason that this was so impactful to me, we watched these, uh, so uh, clear this up for me, Chris. Okay. We, we, you were older than I was whenever yes. we, we initially watched these. Yes. Um, so maybe you remember better than I do, but I remember watching these over a series of like a couple of weeks. Like we watched them like uh, like where we watch them on like a, a weekend or something like that, and uh, we would watch the movie, and then you know we waited a couple of days and watched the next movie, or wait a, a little while and watched the next movie with mm-hmm. our with our parents. Um, but uh, I remember like you know, really loving the first one. And it's like, you're super invested in these characters from the first one. Um, and you're like, oh, there's the, there's the good guys and that's Luke Skywalker. And then there's the bad guys and they're terrible people. And it's, it's Darth Vader. But then it, at the end, whenever you're like, oh, you know, I think I understand and know what this world is and, and, you know, know the, uh, the right and the wrong and that sort of thing. And then it's all shattered whenever you find out that Luke Skywalker's father is the, most evil, per- well, second most evil is assistant to the most evil person in the uh, the, the galaxy. Yeah. So uh, that just shattered my world as a child, Chris. I mean, it's, it's pretty shattering for sure. Um, 
Oh, so what were your? What was your question? My I mean, question, no is, question is: is that what <laughs> is that the uh, order of events? Was it like a weekly thing, or because I remember there being time in between each movie where I, whenever I, we would play, like uh, like we were certain characters that we would have time in between each one to kind of act out each movie. Yeah. So uh, like, um, what I remember happening is that. Uh, it was basically probably over the course of like maybe a week or two weeks. Yeah, we were like we yeah. were watching like an hour at a time or something. Correct. Like that. We, we didn't sit down and watch them all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and like we were watching it like before bed or something like that. And so like we, I think it took us probably like two or three nights to get through each movie. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, over the course of like two weeks, we watched these movies. And and so like you know, the the, the crazy thing about watching a movie that way is that like. There are cliffhangers where you know the filmmakers <laughs> didn't mean for there to be cliffhangers. It's like, all right, well, uh, I got to turn it off. It's time for bed. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what happens? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Luke Skywalker just met Han Solo. Or I think it, well, the, the door point, just opened no, and I, it was st- and it was Darth Vader. I think the stopping point in the first one was like basically after uh, after Obi Wan fights Darth Vader and Darth Vader kills Obi Wan. That's right. Like, that was where we stopped the first night. It's like, yep. well, what's what's happening here? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't understand anything. You know, <laughs> you end in a very dark place at that point. You know, yeah. um, and uh, but yeah, it's like you're super invested over the course of however, like however many days it was that took right. us took you to get to the point of the end of the Empire Strikes Back. Like, man, it's like you're super invested in these characters and in, in in the battle of good and evil, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, for uh, sure. And so by the by the time that that moment happens, it just shatters your world, and my world was shattered. And I remember, like, whenever, like, at the end of that movie, like, whenever he uh, he ends up, you know, teaming back up with the uh, with the, the gang in the Millennium Falcon, you're like, what happens now? Like, what do you what do you even do after you find out something like that? Like, what's what does your life look like now? Right. And uh, and so you know, all of these, you know, you're you're just again, your world is shattered, and you have no idea what to do. And neither does Luke. And then you start watching The Return of Jedi, and it's just all all amazing from there. So that's my Star Wars moment. Nice. The, the stay on target road to the Force Awakens continues, Chris. Nice. All right. So um, later this episode, we are going to be reviewing yeah. the Supergirl CBS series, episodes one and two. Um, and uh, yeah. So that that's that's happening a little bit later. But first, pick of the week, pick of the week. All right, Chris, yep. do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay, so this is really funny because you mentioned it earlier this episode. Um so uh, you mentioned Sherlock Holmes. You mentioned Sherlock, oh, yeah. uh, which is a great show on the BBC and amazing. But I have just recently been picking back up with uh, Elementary, mm. um, which I started watching whenever I originally aired, uh, however many years ago that I, was. Isn't it good? I told you it was good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and I like I, I remember some of these episodes. Like I think I caught episodes here and there, but I never really like sat down and watched it. And there is kind of an, a narrative that kind of goes and and finds itself, especially in that first season. And I'm I'm almost through with the. First first season I'm, I'm like on the last episode of the first season and it's like the last three episodes of the season you told me at the time were like oh man they're all kind of like one thing yeah and they all kind of like roller coaster down to the to the thing so i'm excited to see how this all ends with yes. season one and uh actually it was put on hulu and that's why i've been watching it is, is the first three seasons are on hulu so um Anybody who hasn't dug into elementary should. It's really weird because I, I always forget that it's supposed to be a uh, like a Sherlock Holmes and and Doctor Watson situation. Yeah. Like I forget. Like I just disassociate it with that 
kind of a uh, with the classic kind of tellings. Whereas yeah. the BBC's Sherlock, it's almost impossible to because they take right. more of a while. It's a uh, it's an updated modern take. It is more of a traditional kind of a look at their cases and uh, and and it's like okay, well, what if this book that uh, you know, like the you know. The Valley of Fear or whatever. What if that book existed in modern days? What would it be like? Or what would this yeah. look like in modern days? Whereas yeah. this, it's very much like that procedural kind of thing. And so I forget until sometimes they'll call them like Sherlock and Watson. or They'll say there were names like really closely together or they'll call uh, her Dr. Watson. Mm-hmm. And, and immediately I'm like, oh, yeah. This is a, a Sherlock Holmes yeah. thing, you know, adaptation. Yeah. So, which I, I kind of like uh, about it. Like, it, it makes it unique. It does make it unique, and it's a cool procedural. And but at the same time, like, uh, it's a fresh take on Sherlock. You know, it it's, is. Not, it's not. You know, like a lot of people were like, "Well, you know, they're just ripping off the BBC." No, not really. No, they're completely different. Yeah. You know? Um, did you like the uh, the end of the first season? Like I haven't those... seen the last episode though. I'm right oh, there, man. but like, you're, are I'm you on enjoying the precipice. It? I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, the, um, the way they string together. Yeah, and everything like. Even like there was one episode earlier on in the season that yeah. kind of connects as well, and you kind of finish that kind of yeah. arc at the beginning of those last three episodes, and yeah. it's like holy cow! It just it's really nice whenever everything lines up and comes together there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but that's my pick of the week, Chris. Awesome. My pick of the week. I recently picked up and started reading um, a bi- biography, and it's an autobiography uh, by Ronda Rousey. Auto autobiographies write themselves, correct? Not write themselves. Like they're auto. The, what? I mean, you just the I'm button making and a joke. Pops. Yes. Yes. No, it's it's an autobiography by Ronda Rousey um, about her life. Uh, it's Ronda Rousey with Maria Burns. The book is called Rousey: My Fight, Your Fight. And um, the reason I wanted to talk about it this week is because uh, on November 14th, um, there's going to be another fight. She's fighting Holly Holm at UFC 193. So if you don't know anything about Ronda Rousey, I'm a huge fan. Um, and uh, but she uh, she came up. She is a Trained as a, a judo fighter. Let's let's see here. I have some some stats about her. Um, she's a fourth degree black belt in judo. She was a uh, a Olympic silver medal or sorry bronze medalist at the 2008 Beijing Games. Um, she has won gold at the Pan American Games, Pan American Judo Championships. She was, took silver in the World Championships, um, and then uh, gold or sorry bronze in uh, the 2008 Olympics in her mixed martial arts. She's the, she's the current world uh, bantamweight champion in her, in her UFC professional life. Mm -hmm. She has fought 12 fights and won all 12 of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Nine of them by submission and three by knockout. And they're all like, usually like less than a minute. Yeah. Like sometimes occasionally she's gotten into like two, three minutes you know, yeah. like into, in, but no longer. Like she just like immediately will either knock these people. Like her last fight lasted like twenty five seconds or thirty seconds or something like that. Yeah, I saw the joke on uh, on social, like on Instagram or social media or whatever. You know, you can only upload like a certain portion of time. Yeah. And so somebody was like, "Well, I'm glad I didn't pay for the pay per view on that because <laughs> I could just watch it on Instagram." Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's, you know, and what's funny is you know it happened in like I think it was like thirty something. I'll have to look it up for sure. But like in and then later she was like, I think I could have done. It a little faster, you know, like 
it was just kind of like, what in the world, man? I mean, the, you know, occasionally, like the thing that I like is like occasionally in everything single sport, um, there comes along someone who shakes things up. So they, here comes along, you know, Michael Jordan, who is like, oh man, well, we all have to step up our game yeah. because this guy is 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 uh, is so much better. And so everyone, it just raises the bar for everyone. That's what I feel like she is doing for um, women's UFC fighting collectively. She's raising the bar because uh, like, the reason she's beating people, number one, she's a beast. She's amazing. She like she trains hard. She puts in the work, and and she's just very very. Killed. Yeah. Um, but, but like, and whenever you watch it though, it's like none of these women are even really like, it doesn't feel like they're on her level. They don't, they're not fighting and operating on her level. And so, like, what it's causing them to do now is to raise the bar yep. across the, uh, the sport um, for, uh, for the rest of women. And like, the cool thing about the book um, that I've read so far, you know, she talks about like, um, you know, battling adversity and then, like being motivated and not giving up. And it's, it's a very like, um, um, motivational and uh, empowering yeah. um, story that she's telling in her life and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, just the whole, like, like the experience um, with uh, losing or not losing, but not winning gold at the Beijing Olympics and then being able to go into UFC and all this kind of stuff and succeed. And um, it's, it's just a, it's a really cool book. It's a really cool story. I like watching her fight. Um, you should watch her fight on November 14th um, at UFC, I think, what did I say, 193? Yeah. Um, if you don't want to pay for it, go like to a Buffalo Wild Wings somewhere and watch it. You know, yeah. like it's going to be what, like, what, so I went to try to like watch her fight last time and we showed up uh, three hours before the fight and Buffalo Wild Wings was already packed. And I called like, Every single other like place that I could think of that could possibly be playing, like they like, weren't, they wouldn't have, like they they had no they seats. Couldn't, they had no seats. Like you like, could not even standing room only. No, well, it you, was it was no room. You couldn't stand in the building, but like they have a patio area, so you could stand outside the patio against the railing, which wow. lots of people were actually doing. Like they were standing there, like waiting, and I was like, this is three hours before she even fights, and people are just yeah. standing here. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. And so like it's a phenomenon. Yeah, and uh, it's a cool book. You should check it out if you're interested at all. And um, definitely. Uh, it's it's she's it's just a cool story. Yeah. All right, Chris. Yeah. Let's talk Supergirl. We're finally reviewing Supergirl. Finally reviewing it. We've had these episodes for how long? I mean, months. Yeah. And you know what? Another the crazy thing is, I still haven't watched it. There you go. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have. Um, and uh, and so just diving right in, these are gonna be the first two episodes. Like, so there probably is one that has aired um, since we recorded this, and then you know before it airs, yeah. um, before this. Because we're in California. Out. Because John. we're in California right now. And honestly, my mind's kind of already there. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, it's getting increasingly hard to concentrate on things. Mm-hmm. I mean, what with Call of Duty um, tomorrow, oh, and then uh, and then immediately after that, I'm gonna be packing over the weekend. So yes. that we, and you're gonna be gone on Monday. I'm gone on Monday. I'm um, there. I'm yeah, on the, you're I'm there on the for, beach by Tuesday for like over a week, man. No, by by, by Monday night, I'm on the beach. Yeah, my Monday. Like, why wait until Tuesday, dude? Go, I'm not wait until just, Tuesday. Psh- Go I'm, and just die, like literally run from LAX all the way to the beach and I'm just dive. That's going a really to LAX, far run. Don't then, do that. Then In and Out Burger, then the beach. Like okay. that's the order of. You need to happenings. add the coffee bean and tea leaf in there. I don't know if I want coffee that late. Come on, dude. It's I'll, so good. I'll do that the next day. Okay. Okay. I'll accept it. But within 24 <laughs> listen, hours of landing you your plane, you, you need to go there. You don't understand so you, the amount of food that I put in my body at In-N-Out Burger. So let's talk about this. There's no more room. While you have been to an In-N-Out Burger, um, you have never been to California. No. 
So this is a, a wholly new experience for it you. It is. Um, and so you're going, you know, LA, you're going to spend all the time pretty much in the, uh, in that like LA kind of area, Anaheim and, yeah. um, Hollywood and, and yeah. all that whole thing. So. I'll be there right now as we speak. Actually, as we speak, um, what are you going to be doing? Like think, mm-hmm. think to, uh, to Friday, you know, whenever this airs, yeah. what are you going to be doing? Uh, what, 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 oh, Friday while this airs. Yeah. Okay. Friday morning, we're going to be getting up, getting ready to run the Superheroes 5K. This is exactly correct, Chris. Yeah. We are, uh, we're going to be up <laughs> as early as this launches. Mm-hmm. So whatever, whatever time this goes up at. Actually, I usually put this up on Thursday nights. Okay. So, so we'll be sleeping. Well, we, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we will be sleeping. Yeah. Um, it'll actually go up. Uh, I guess it would go up. It goes up usually 10 o'clock ish. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it just kind of depends whenever I put it up. But on a normal on a normal week, it just kind of depends when I put it. But whenever I schedule them, I usually put it for ten o'clock um, on uh, Thursday. I feel like everyone who's listening right now just got insight into how the how you know the uh, how how the what is it the sandwich is made. I don't even know. Oh yeah, how the sausage is made. How that's the sausage is. is made. Yeah, then you're this? supposed to be grossed out, so you yeah. never want sausage again. No, but hopefully Although, that's not the case. I love sausage. Hopefully I don't that's care not how the case it's made. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, the Taco Bell beef. I don't care what's in it. I still want to eat it. I don't know about any of that, Chris. I don't know because <laughs> I feel like there's different qualities of of different types of meats, and so obviously I'm I'm more into higher quality but meats. I, like, but I, yes, I am too. <laughs> But I don't like my my point is I don't care how it's made. I mean, I don't know. I'm I I can I can think <laughs> of I'm not going to gross anyone out. I'm I'm not going to go down that road. Supergirl, Chris. Yes. Diving back into the review. Um. So okay. So <clears throat> excuse me. So the there are full spoilers uh, ahead for us, and uh, so I just wanted to let you all know there are spoilers on the first two episodes of Supergirl. So the pilot episode um, is really interesting because it, it just it sets up uh, the entire series, and I really love a lot of the things that they have going on in this series. It feels very high budget, first of all. Like, everything about it feels um, higher budget than a lot of the other superhero things that we see. Um, it's similar to, remember whenever we reviewed the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back in the day? Yes. Um, and we, we commented on how, the, you know, with their plane and all of, the, like, the CG things that were going on. During the pilot, I was sitting there thinking, man... With all of this stuff that they've got going on in this, it seems like, um, are they going to be able to keep this up? Like, basically, is kind of what I was thinking. And and I I would assume, you know, from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, judging from that, yes, they'll they'll probably be able to keep up the uh, the higher quality thing. Um, However, occasionally, um, in the second episode of Supergirl, I did notice where I was like, ah, that looks a little bit strange. Um, So do you think they had a smaller budget? I don't know. I do think that they haven't quite figured out uh, the action yet. Like there, yeah. are, there are, are some things that are done incredibly well, and it's not the CG things uh, that stick out to me as like not done well. It's the things where like there, there are two uh, superheroes fighting in the air, like flying at each other, which is you know arguably hard anyway, like hard to hard to look at or, or hard yeah. to to choreograph. Yeah. Um, and so if you know you have two people who can fly colliding in the air, it's like how how do they stop whenever they get knocked back or like where do they what happens there and so on um there's one shot in particular on the second episode where uh supergirl goes up against the main bad uh baddie from uh from i guess this season or from her universe right now as uh 
and they're flying, they're both flying and they kind of like just collide and they're on strings. Like you can tell that they were, mm. you know, on harnesses and on strings and just kind of like they bump against each other with like their fists yeah, out. Weird. And it like, you can see almost that the strings are, are like swinging a little bit and you're just like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that one. Like yeah. I almost feel like they should have just done it in CG because there were other moments of that same fight that were really hard hitting, really dramatic. And they were, you know, where uh, one person would come at the other person and then uh, Supergirl would throw her over across the room and yeah. slam against a wall. And those all looked really good, but they were all CG. So I almost feel like they really need to either, either go with the CG thing yeah. in the action or not you know it's it's it, the 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 halfway kind of mixed thing doesn't really um there are moments where it works really well and that's the cg stuff and then the moments where it doesn't is a little bit uh it jars me it takes me out of the moment a little bit right um speaking about the the some things that i love about it dude the characters are all really good that's cool. um as in there's only a, a few that aren't compelling to me the all of the on the good side of things all of the characters really feel really good um i the portrayal of supergirl um by melissa benoist is really good man it's it, she is she is uh I, I guess like not what i expected i expected it more of a uh, more of a powerhouse of of a uh, you know thing but she's very disarming with her charm she's charming in that way it reminds me a lot of the way um grant gustin is on the flash like where he's he's funny and uh whenever he talks to uh, the various characters they interact in such a friendly way that you just immediately like them and that's that's the kind of vibe that i get from uh from supergirl is that i immediately just connect with this character and, and uh and feel like hey this is someone that really could exist and and this is this is more of a normal person with these powers that 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 exists out there um some of the characters uh, of her friends like I, the idea in the pilot was that she'd never really been supergirl before um mm-hmm. that, that she'd never really used her powers in fact she said i don't even know i haven't flown in years i don't know if i could still fly and so she obviously could there was a, a moment that harkened back to uh man of steel the movie where mm-hmm. you remember he's running through the fields and, and doing this kind of jump fly thing right yes there was a moment where she's running down an alley um before her first act as Supergirl of uh, saving a uh, a plane that had malfunctioned, its engine had had uh, malfunctioned and it was going to crash. Yeah. Um, there's a moment that, that she's running down this alley and it's really cool where she's kind of halfway jumping, halfway flying, and then all of a sudden she takes off and it's a, a really glorious moment uh, whenever that happens. Um, and so like that, you know that that type of personality and those types of uh, situations I really enjoy. Um, but then whenever she gets into like from a plotline perspective, she tells people. She, she tells one of her friends that she works with um, about about everything, which is both like immediately whenever it happened, I was like, why would she tell someone? Why would like is, doesn't doesn't that endanger his life? Doesn't that um, make things a little bit harder for her? But she was just excited and she wanted somebody to be excited for her, like that she had you know been like that she had saved a. a, a plane full of people yeah and so she tells her friend at at work or whatever her good friend uh at work this is spoilers yeah this is all spoilers um probably should announce that before yeah maybe we'll go back and plug in uh this is all spoilers (laughs) before um so uh so basically i mean like you have you have these moments where she's telling a lot of people there's a lot of people that know about her secret yeah so the the bad thing about that is like i just i didn't believe it immediately i was like i don't know if you would if she should be telling people or if that they would you know react in this way react in this way but then by the second episode 
it's apparent that they're not going to do the uh, really overplayed and overdone with with it. oh I shouldn't tell right. them you well know, this is you know th- well, I'm gonna hide my identity even though I'm sitting right across from you and you're my best friend you know the, the executive producers of the show are the same as for Flash and Arrow and that's something that they did with Flash and Arrow that was refreshing in that you know like your closest friends are going to figure it out and your family's going to figure, figure it out. And so yeah. the only thing that they, like they kept it going for too long where, you know, Oliver didn't tell like Thea on arrow for like what, three seasons or something like yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I like the fact that they deal with that quickly on all these shows. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, so that was nice that she's telling people, but it, although the circle seemed to be a little bit wide to me on the first episode, like the yeah. pilot episode yeah. that there's a lot of people that know. Um, the one thing that I I also thought that was awesome is Jimmy Olsen is in this. Um, yeah. He's come over from uh, from Metropolis and uh, is has taken a job at the uh, the where she works. Um, and is, it, is it's, it a newspaper? It's it is a newspaper. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called the Tribune because um, they're not in Metropolis. They're in I I'm looking to see where they're but anyway. So I'll look it up. Yeah, you look it up and I'll uh, I'll, I'll keep going. They. Uh, he comes over and in order to like restart and to kind of separate himself a little bit from his friendship with uh, Superman and, and the, being Superman's photographer or whatever. Um, and he does a really good job of, of grounding this in that universe and, and letting us know that, Hey, Superman does exist because he's interacted with him. He is uh, a, a hard connection to Superman. Um, which also brings up one of the things that I thought was also awkward about it is that we never really see Superman. She doesn't interact with Superman. It almost like, as far as we know, other than whenever she initially landed on Earth and was brought to um, her Earth adopted parents, we don't even know if she has ever met Superman, really. It almost seems like she hasn't. So that that was rather odd to me that it's like, okay, so you are you know Superman's cousin, essentially, and... Do they not talk about him at all? I mean, they talk about him all the time, but we never really see his face. We don't really ever meet him. He's never in the room, and we don't even know what he's up to or anything like that. So it's going to be interesting if we get into later in the season, if there's a big event that is potentially an Earth-threatening event, if Superman doesn't show up to help, I, I hope they explain it. Because um, that's one of the things that we we talk about with the movies, the Marvel movies, like with the, the single character, smaller Marvel movies, if it's an earth shattering event, why wouldn't he just call Iron Man or something like that? Why wouldn't, um, Captain America just call Iron Man? And so I, I fear that if, if things get too big, if, if the villains get too large, that we might deal with something like that where it's like, well, what's Superman doing at this time? Why isn't he here helping? So, um, while I do appreciate the connection to Superman and that they're not shying away from it, it does seem uh, a little strange to never really meet him or never really see him in the uh, in in the show that much. So this is set in National City. That's right. And it's National City's Tribune. Yeah, is the paper. Um, the uh, so um, one thing I wanted to point out or ask you about. Uh, I think we talked. Did we talk about it last week? That. Um, Dean Cain and the Supergirl from the yes. movies are in. That was two weeks ago we talked episode. about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. and while they haven't really played much of a role at the moment in the first in the pilot, um, whenever she's brought to the farmhouse, they're standing there. It's it just it adds that authenticity for sure. Um, some of the other relationships that she has are with her boss and with her her uh, her adoptive sister, like so so, so her sister. And those relationships are, are rather interesting. It seems like her character 
is trying to find her place and they've they've integrated that storyline into pretty much everything uh, every part about her because her boss is really overbearing her boss is uh keeps her down or, or criticizes her all the time. That's she's on the edge of being fired for both of these episodes really. And so, Gosh. yeah, so it's like, you know, she's, she's really in this position of like, Hey, I've got a, she's just trying to figure things out. So it's nice to see that happen. And, and, uh, there is, her sister actually works for a, uh, a government organization that is put together to, um, to, solve the alien like or response to alien threats and alien problems um conveniently in the first episode the pilot we find out about halfway through there's like a, a distinct break between where we have this kind of traditional cookie cutter uh, origin story for her that is really charming and it, like it was super compelling mm-hmm. and there's a hard break where she uh is brought in by this government organization and finds out that her sister works for them um and told that whenever her ship crash landed on on the Earth, along with it, a prison from the Phantom Zone also crash landed on the Earth um, with hundreds of escaped convicts, essentially, that are uh, superheroes, that are aliens, and they're on the Earth roaming around, wreaking havoc, that sort of thing. So it sets up this uh, task force as they're dealing with this threat. Mm-hmm. Um so the one thing about that that I immediately found awkward or felt felt like was a, a an odd step was that this sets us up for kind of a villain of the week situation mm-hmm. where you have hundreds of villains and and conveniently one of them attacks every week um you know or is, right. is sent on some sort of a vendetta every week and and I hope that that's not really what this falls into but the first two episodes really did feel like that's the, what they were falling into um Second episode, in fact, we were dealing with a different type of uh, alien, uh, kind of a bug-like alien that that would eat people or whatever. And so it's just it, there's it's got that kind of a Smallville vibe where it feels like you're dealing with these separate things. Another thing about that is you find out that um, there is a general, um, which is a twist on like the uh, General Zod type of situation, but it's a general that is uh, is actually her aunt. Um, so I guess it would be Superman's aunt as well uh, that is also in charge of all of these villains, in charge of all of these escaped convicts. Um, her name is, uh, let me see, Astra, General Astra. Nice. And uh, it's just, while I do appreciate the connection to her family and that her, you know we have this, it did feel like a little bit, um, a little bit, like we've done this before where there's a, a, a person out there with the same general powers as, as a, a superhero. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying to figure out how to confront them and stuff. So there is, there is that side of things where that's a little bit less compelling. I wish the villains were less, uh, disposable and I wish the villains were a little bit more threatening and had a little bit more of a, uh, personality. Um, so, those are the things that I liked about it. Those are the things that I kind of didn't like about it as much. Um, second episode was definitely an improvement from the first. It felt like there was more of the things that I actually liked um, and and a little bit less of the things that I didn't. Um, but again, we'll see how this goes moving forward. I, I definitely will keep watching. It's, it's a really good show, really well done. There are some really fun moments. If only to watch um, all of the, the heroes of the show um, – just the their charm it just sucks you in man it's it's a it's a really good show and i appreciate the superman universe as well just because 
we haven't seen that in a really long time, especially not on TV, mm-hmm. or, or I guess we saw it with Man of Steel, but that was kind of a dark thing. Right. This is a brighter kind of... Uh, that's awesome. You know, something you'll laugh at a lot. So well, That's something that Superman has always traditionally, or like, you know, in my mind, in, in the comics and stuff, like, he's more of a, you know, light and figure of hope and then he is of dark. And, and like, yeah, and, and you know, the, the Man of Steel movie, it did, like, have those kinds of tones, but I think he was, you know, by the end, he was kind of a, a more, um, noble and, you know, like someone to look at, like, we'll see where they take it with Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, like that's cool just to have like a, a fun, you know, super person show on television. Yeah. You know, and, and again, like all of the characters, they work really well together. They have a great chemistry. Um, and hopefully they can uh, they can solve the issues with the the government organization being a little bit less compelling and being a l- rather annoying in the uh, the fact that it we've seen it before we've seen those types of uh, of storylines before of like oh a government organization is you know yeah. looking for these freaks or yeah. whatever you know so we've seen that kind of play out before and so hopefully they can step away from the uh, the stereotypical uh, plot lines yeah. along with that and then get some more compelling villains that continue and don't just uh, we don't just freak of the week nice. um, as as we say nice that's my review man cool awesome well um, thank you for your review yeah thank you for listening you can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com you can find us on twitter at chriswright250 and johnwright777 and always online at stayintargetpodcast.com at stayintargetpod on twitter you can find us on itunes and stitcher subscribe to us there leave us reviews Um, you can also subscribe to our flash on target and arrow on target podcasts that's it for this week we'll see you next time on stay Stay on on target. target